Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, well, good morning. Yeah, come on, someone's excited. Ryan's excited. Come on, let's put our hands together. There's a lot of clapping today because we're so excited. I don't know about you, but I love the words of that song that he's led me through the deep. I don't know about you before, but I've been in it deep before. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you haven't been there before, then come hang out with me. I'll tell you what being in deep looks like. And I'm so thankful that he's still rescuing people. I'm still so thankful for the, the words that we sang, that, that we have the same God, the God of yesterday, that he was rescuing people, that he was moving people from the, from the from desert wilderness into promised lands. He's still doing that today. We're in week two of our series called Bring It, and I'm so proud of you guys. I, I was... Low-key, like I was a little bit kind of nervous about today. Um, last week, we brought in supplies for, um, for uh, Maxie Elementary and for Matthew's Hope, and it wasn't a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, we're on spring break. I don't really know if anyone, it's, it's cold outside. That's like, it's like freezing, you know, like for us. It's cold, it's, it's spring break. Everyone, every time I say it's cold today, people have laughed at me. I'm like, it's cold for some people. For some people, yeah, yeah, a lot. Of, okay, for all of us, okay, that's why we moved here, let's be honest. And so um, I was, I, I walked out there to see all the supplies that you guys brought, and you guys have brought it today. Like, there are so many supplies that are good. Yeah, come on, I'm so thankful. There are so many supplies out there. Next week, we're bringing in stuff for, um, for Nairobi, Kenya, with one of our partners called World Hope. And um, if you go, if you, you have a bring it card, you've had, we've given you out every week, we've given you out a bring it card and there's a list of supplies to bring. And we'll tell you more about it in the service, but make sure you bring supplies for next week. I was with uh, Diana's dad this past week. He's taking all the supplies over in June. And so all the medical supplies that we're gonna send to Africa, the Tylenol, the children's vitamins, uh, all those things are going over there in June. It's gonna be a great trip. And, um, and they're gonna do an incredible job with all that stuff. So thanks for bringing it. Keep on bringing it. We got a few more weeks. Um, you got these on your seats today. These are new today. This is a, our, our Come Sit With Me card. And so in two weeks from now, we're having a friend, a friend Sunday, a Come Sit With Me Sunday. And I don't know, anybody grew up in a, in a Baptist church? Anybody here grew up in a Baptist church like way back? We used to do thing called, we used to do these things in Baptist church. I grew up there called Roundup Sundays, baby. Roundup Sundays. And if you've never been to a Roundup Sunday, you can't be a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm kidding. We, we, we would bring, like, we had the, we would do all these kinds of things to get people to bring their friends to church. We were giving away all kinds of, like, they were called Roundup Sundays. Like, the churches come up with some dumb, some dumb names. Roundup Sunday. Who wants to go be round? Nobody wants to be rounded up. I, I've never met anyone who's like, I want to be rounded it up. We had a thing called Roundup Sunday. And so we're not calling it Roundup Sunday, but if you're Baptist, you can call it Roundup Sunday. Don't be like, hey, I want to round you up next Sunday, honey. Um, it's like a pickup line. Um, come sit with me Sunday. It's in two weeks from now. We want you to bring your friends. Uh, we want to pack the house up. We want to get, some of you guys have not been here for an Easter. Every Easter at this church, we double in attendance. People are coming to hear about Jesus on Easter. And so this is like a warm-up round for us to invite our friends to Easter. So in two weeks from now is our Come Sit With Me Sunday, okay? And um, so you can invite that. There's a card in there. It said, it'd be fun. It'd be fun because you're amazing or I'm funny. Like just pick one of the things on the back of there. It, you can let the person know if they're coming to 9 a.m. or 10.30. It says, I promise to save you a seat or to grab you a cup of coffee. And if it says any questions, call me. Do not give your number out to a random stranger, okay? That is weird, okay? Don't be like, yo, call me. They're not gonna call you, all right? So invite them, invite your waiter, your waiter, your waitress, wherever you find yourself at the restaurant. Bring somebody with you in two weeks. And I believe this, we're gonna see a lot of people give their life to Christ 
on that Sunday. It's why we do what we do. We're trying to connect people to Jesus and all that he has for their life. But you guys are, you guys are, you guys are incredible. I'm so thankful that you guys have brought all this stuff in here. One of the things that you'll know about this church is we will do a lot of things. Last week we talked about this. We don't want to be a church that sleeps. And so we're constantly serving and giving to our community when you know about it and when you don't know about it. And it's our desire to be a church that's open seven days a week. That's our desire. So we have partners in Asia and Africa, and I'm going to be in Costa Rica this summer. We have partners all around the world, and we're literally doing ministry 24-7. And so while you may not be there, we have partners around the world. We partnered with some guys there in in Indonesia and Cambodia this past month. Last month, we we partnered with them. And so we've got ministry going on all around, around, uh, 24-7, 365, and we love that. We want to keep on reaching people. And every once in a while, we'll get a thank you for that. We don't do it for thank yous. We do it because it's the right thing to do. God's called us to be a church that invests in the world. He says, go into all the world, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, Jerusalem, all over. He goes, he says, go everywhere and share the good news and serve people and love people because that's what he did. And so this Bring It series is really, is really us modeling what Jesus did. And so every once in a while, we'll get a thank you card or we'll get a thank you email. But um, way before we dropped off the stuff for Maxie Elementary last week, we got um, an email from them, and they wanted to thank you guys. Take a look at the screen. Thank you to Mark Green team for everything that you do for Maxi. Thank you! On behalf of the first Christ 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 Christ. 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 Heartfelt enough to provide such wonderful gifts to our staff to keep us uplifted and headstrong throughout the school year. Oh, outstanding. Thank you for doing an outstanding job of making us feel valued and appreciated. P is for spreading positivity. Thank you for sprinkling love in our mailboxes. It's the little things that mean the most. E for encouraging. Thank you for encouraging us to dig deep and keep going with your prayers, treats, and caffeine. You give us hope. Thank you, Hope Church family. We appreciate your support. From Matthew's second grade team. Hi, my name is Pete, and I'm a third grade teacher at Maxie Elementary. And on behalf of the third grade team, we just want to thank you so much for your constant generosity over the past few years. Your generosity has provided us hope when we needed it the most, and has also left a significant impact on our teachers, students, and school community. So on behalf of the third grade team, thank you. We love and appreciate you. Come on, let's put our hands together. You guys are making a difference. Uh, Miss Giesebel that you guys saw in there, that's her school name. If any of our students are in here today, it's Miss Giesebel. Peyton goes to our church. Peyton was in her classroom just a few, a few months ago, four or five months ago, and she was there and she saw a Hope Church bag. We deliver Thanksgiving meals for the last few years. We deliver school supplies. We do so much for Maxie Elementary. We really just adopted them. We let them know we were adopting. They didn't ask us to adopt them. We just adopted them. And a few years ago, they gave us Partner of the Year Award. I was so thankful. At the end of the, the, end of the time we were together there, they, we, we got the Partner of the Year Award. And one guy walked out to me. He goes, how did you guys get that? And I said, I don't know. And um, I said, but I know we've been serving here every single year. Miss Debbie is not in here today. She was in our first service. Every month, we drop off a, a goodie or a treat for that school. 
And um, because of your generosity, we're able to do those things. So when you give here at this church, we are supporting people around the globe, but we're also serving our community, both locally, nationally, and globally. It's the kind of church that we are. And so um, Peyton came and she's like, I'm gonna come check it out. And she came and she serves in our kids' area. That's where she's at right now. She was here in first service. She's serving in a second service. And um, she came, she's like, can I come help out with our middle school and high school girls? I said, yeah, come on. She came, she serves in our youth group and uh, she's in a sisterhood group and she's all kind of all over our campus. And we're just so thankful for her. We're in week two of a series called Bring It. I was in the car right down the last week and I said, I just, uh, we were talking about some things and, some, and, and just trying to figure out how to like love people better and serve people better. And, and I, I wrote, this, wrote this whole sermon series out and my buddy's supposed to preach today. As you can tell, my buddy's not here. It's March 13th. He was supposed to preach today. He canceled on me and I was talking to Diane. I go, I think you just gave me my message idea for for um, next for, for the 13th week, okay? And so I rewrote the whole ser- series, and the whole sermon series, and I'm, I'm here the next three weeks, and I'm like, I really feel like God's called me to, 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 to share this idea, the idea I wanna share with you today that I think is gonna help somebody get set free today. And it's this message called Bring It to God. Bring it to God. And we were there and we were talking, and I, I said, Diana, I think I really figured out what really holds people back. And, and she's like, what is it? Because I think there's a lot of people that want to bring it and they want to serve. They want to be in the group. They want to give. They want to serve. They want to they be in community, but they get, they're held back. And they're not doing what God's called them to. And I think the reason why we don't do this is because we have a lot of baggage. We've got baggage. And here's what I told Anna Cardi. I think a lot of people, what they don't know is this, that your baggage, it can build you or it can bury you. Your baggage can build you or it can bear you. We're gonna talk about Moses in just a moment, but Moses, we sang about Moses today. He led the children of Israel through the, through the Red Sea and he, 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 he took them out of captivity. God used Moses to go in there, but Moses had some baggage. And in this room in here today, one out of one people, there's a statistic you can buy into, one out of one people have baggage. I mean, I don't, but most people, no, I'm kidding. we all have baggage. You've been here at this church long enough to know, you know, this dude's got baggage. Like, if you had more than one coffee than me, you know that I've got, I've got baggage. But all of us do, and we walk around with that baggage, and we look really, really silly. And we walk around with them, we're like, yo, we're walking around with our baggage, and we really can't bring it because we're, we're really being held back. And we're like, we got this baggage, like, I don't know what my problem is. And I'm like, I'm looking at people, and they're not bringing it. And I'm like, why aren't you bringing it? And they, what they're not saying to me is, Pastor Wes, I can't bring it because I have baggage. But what they're saying to me is, I can't bring it because I got baggage, because we all do. I don't know if any of this baggage can help any of us in here today, but I see so many people, and I'm like, man, why weren't you serving, and why aren't you giving, and why aren't you plugging into relationship? And, and if they're really honest, they really get to the point in life, and like, honestly, the reason why I'm not is because I'm really hurt. I've been hurt before. I probably have hurt more people that have hurt me, but the point is, I've been hurt before. So I'm not bragging, I've come a long way, come on. <laughs> Thankful for the gospel. But we, I meet so many people and they're like, I really don't know what my problem is. And I'm like, hey, bro, you're hurt. Sister, you're hurt. When we sit with people throughout the week, like, hey, I don't know what my problem is. I'm like, you, you, it may be that, you're, it may be that you're, you have a lot of hurt in your life. And here's the reality. We say this in freedom all the time is that hurt people hurt people. That's not, that's not new to our church. It's not new to you. But hurt people hurt people. The good news is that free people can free people. And so we have hurt. And for some people, they walk around, they got their bag, and you got, you got your... This is gingham, chevron, chevron. Yes, chevron, this is chevron. And we have our baggage and what we try to do with our baggage is we try to decorate it. And we try to make it look good. And we're like, well, I got zippers and I got all these, you know, gadgets and gizmos of plenty. Like we have all these things and we think it looks good. And we're like, man, I'm just, I'm doing, I'm doing great. And I'm going, you're not doing great, bro. You're not doing great, sis. 
because we all have baggage. And then they were like, I, just, I really wish I, I really wish I, like, I knew what my problem was. I'm like, I can tell you what your problem is. And I realize a lot of people, they deal with, they deal with shame. In this room in here today, one out of one people have done something that they shouldn't have done. My statistics are on point today. You can fact check me, I swear. This is, this is, this is, this is fail proof. These are fail proof statistics. But we've got shame in our life. I, I've, I've done things I shouldn't have done. And when you do that, you feel shameful. You feel shameful. Here's the deal, like, we all have weaknesses. We all have baggage. That's all of us. That's completely normal. What happens is we try to hide it. And it's so silly when we try to hide it. I, I told my team this week, I said, hey, guys, you guys got to figure out what your weaknesses are. Because we all have weaknesses. And here's the reality. If you don't know what your weakness is, the people that you're the closest to, they do. And that's why some people are like, you know, well, I'm not going to get close to anybody so they can find out. Like, they, everybody knows, bro. Like, on our team, they know. Like, I'm not, I'm not on the team. They, I didn't get picked to be on the team because I was an organizational guru. Then no one put me in. That's not that funny. Go on. I'm kidding. But I married someone. Like, I'm not the, I'm the, I'm the fun guy. The, that's, that's me, the people, the coffee, all those things. And my wife was like, hey, babe, you realize that we have to have some sort of structure and systems. And there are two types of people in this church. People that come because, like, there are systems and structures. Some people that come because... Because it's just fun and out of control. And you need both people. They calm each other. So some people have shame. And some of you guys in here today, you, you find yourself in a category and you're like, yo, I'm doing good. Some of you guys are like, oh, those are cool bags. We're, we're, we're going on, we're going on um, a trip. We're going on spring break this week. So hopefully I'll bring these bags back to the house. But I don't know. We're going to be carrying all of our luggage for two days. But some people in here today, I know a lot of people, they, they struggle with fear. It's a lot of people. A lot. I'm a, Pastor West, I'm afraid. You know the number one, number one reason why people don't get baptized? Because they're afraid. You know the number one reason why people don't come to church? It's because they're afraid. You've heard before, oh, oh well, the church might burn down. Listen, I tell people, when people say that at our church, I'm like, we've got some of the most messed up people in our church. If it doesn't burn down yet, you're going to be good. Come on. <laughs> like, if I'm there, we're all good. Some of y'all, it's, it's fear. This is the one that I feel like is the, the lie. I mean, this one, like, some of y'all, your baggage, you've made, it, you've made it to wheel now. You're just like, yeah, I'm cool. You got bag, like you got the you got the you got the zipper on there. You got the you got the roller bag, like you you. And really, in your life, we all struggle with something. We've got it shiny, but really, it's just we're get we have guilt in our life. We all have some sort of thing in our life. Like I really wish that wasn't there. We all have something in our life that we're like, man, I, don't, I hope nobody ever finds that out. And I know some of y'all are, you're like me. You're like, you know, none of those are for me, like Pastor Wes. You don't like, I, like my life is so good, Pastor Wes. And like, I, I mean, I look good. I dress good. No one would ever know I have any problems. I, I, my Instagram is right. I got the right colors, the right filters. Like everything is good. Like nothing's wrong with me. And don't worry. This is your problem. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like if I, this just like, this just took the rest of the crowd out. <laughs> Dang it, I was gonna like, I thought like this is gonna be a good message for my friend. And when I started listening to some of those, you're like, yo, I need to share this, I need to, I need to go and share this message. Like, I'm gonna send this message to somebody else. This is what this is what you need to do. You need to work on your pride. <laughs> we all have, <clears throat> we all have baggage. Every one of us in here today have baggage. And either it can bury you or it can build you. And Moses, who led us through the deep and led us through the wilderness and led the children of Israel out of captivity after they had been there for over 400 years, he had baggage. And all the women and men that um, Morgan was using as illustrations today in scripture, they all had baggage. 
My question today is, are you gonna deal with it or are you gonna let it bury you? Are you gonna let it build you? Are you gonna use it for the kingdom of God or are you gonna let it to keep you buried and keep you down? Because that's really the tension you find yourself in. Because the question is not, do you have this? The question is, what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna find freedom? Moses is our illustration today, our subject of choice, our subject of choice today. And Moses is in the scripture, in the book of the Bible called Exodus, where the people, children of Israel were led out of, out of bondage, the, the exodus of the people of God. Moses is born at a time when little boys should have died. And the reality is, is Pharaoh's this bad dude from Egypt. He's like, bro, these Hebrew boys and girls, they are, they're, they are having a lot of boys. And it's going to be a problem for us. They're going to they're take us over one day. And so if a baby boy is, if baby boy is, is born, we're going to kill him. Well, Moses, through the providence of God, doesn't get killed. So the mom has Moses, and she doesn't, she doesn't kill him. One day she's like, he's getting too big to stay here. They're going to find him out. They put him in the Nile River in a basket, waterproof basket. They put him out there, and Pharaoh's daughter finds this little boy. We pick up a story in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Many years later, when Moses has grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. And during his visit, he beating up one of his fellow Hebrews. So Moses, is, he, he's raised in the palace. He should have been killed, but he's in the palace. Like he should have been killed, but he's got all the access to all the things. He's living his best life. He's like, like he's being trained and eating good. And, but meanwhile, he knows his brothers and sisters that should have been dead. They're out there, they're slaves. And he goes to the work yard to go find, to go see what's going on as he gets a little bit older. And he's out there and he sees someone being treated terribly because Moses learns, Moses knows the, the law. Moses knows the, that he was supposed to love God and to love people. Moses knows he was supposed to bring it. So Moses is out there one day, and verse 12 says this, he saw this guy being treated badly, and, after, and verse 12 says, after looking in all directions to make sure nobody was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. Savage. You know what's, you know what's kind of funny about this scripture a little bit, like that one verse? Like, it should bother us about the injustices that we see around the world. But sometimes they don't. It, Moses was so bothered, he's like, this is not, my people are being treated so unfairly and I'm not okay with it. And he goes out and kills the guy. Not wrong. The Bible later, Moses gets 10 commandments and says, thou shalt not kill. You guys get it. So here's the deal. Verse 13 says this. The next day when Moses went out to visit, he kills this guy. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw, he saw the two Hebrew men, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. And he goes, hey guys, why are you fighting your friend? Why are you beating up your brother? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. Verse 14. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and our judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And he's like, dang. Then Moses was afraid. We've all felt that before. Moses felt the fear. Moses experienced all this baggage that we have up here. Everyone knows what you did, Moses. And sure enough, the Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. The rest of the verse says, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and he went to live in the land of Midian. Moses is afraid for his life. 
I'm sure Moses runs away and he feels guilty. He's killed somebody. If you kill somebody, usually you feel guilty. I know I felt guilty from stealing from my, from my, from my dad when he'd fall asleep. I'd take five or 10 bucks out of his pocket. I felt guilty. I can't imagine feeling guilty. I can imagine feeling really guilty if I killed somebody. I feel guilty sometimes when I cut people off. Big orange truck that says Hope Church on it. Like, you feel guilty. Moses killed, he, he was afraid. He had shame in his life. He had a hurt in his life. Moses is adopted. Moses finds out the story of his life. Like he was adopted. Like he knows, like he has all these experiences in his life. He has all this baggage. And then he begins to run. Let's be honest today. When we have the baggage, usually a lot of people, we begin to run from it. Not, we don't run to Jesus. We run from our baggage. And a lot of times we run with our baggage. We see people running around their baggages. And it's, it's just heavy. Just run, I'm running out my baggage. And we're just running around, carrying our baggage. Moses goes up the road a little bit further. He runs. He gets to a place called Midian. He meets a, a group of girls. And they're there getting water. He helps the girls get water. The girls go back home and they tell their dad, like, there's this really nice guy. He served me. Girls, guys, a little bit, that's a little bit of like extra from last, last month. Like he was serving her. If he doesn't serve you, probably not a good guy. He serves with Jethro. He goes, you served my daughters? And he takes Moses in. Now he's adopted for the second time. Think about all the baggage that he has. And Jethro goes, here's one of my daughters. He served and God blessed him. He gave and God blessed them. Like, look, look at that. Like, there's something about when we bring it, God rewards our, our obedience. When we're obedient, God blesses the obedience. So one day he's out, he's, he gets a job, he gets a job, he gets a girl. Like, come on, girls and guys in your day. Like, that's pretty good. While carrying all that baggage. And we're going to find the moment in Scripture today, right where he begins to let go of his baggage. This is it right here. The Bible says that he's out. Being a shepherd, he's out taking care of the flocks, just doing what he always did, just being faithful, being faithful, being faithful, just being faithful, just being faithful. He's out being faithful, and he looks to his left, and he sees this bush on fire. And the Bible says that he walks up to the bush, and the bush starts speaking to him. But the bush is not being consumed by fire. It's still green. It's on fire, but it's green. And here's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord tells him, now the, bows, now, now the bush is speaking to him. The Lord told him, the bush is speaking to him. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. And I am aware of their suffering. He says to Moses, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of captivity and lead them out of Egypt that we sang about and into a fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. I'm coming to give you a better life. I'm coming to bring these exiles. I'm coming to take them out of Egypt. I'm coming to take these slaves out of Egypt. In this story here, we find ourselves because Jesus come to rescue you and I. This is a picture of Jesus rescuing you and I. This is a story of, of the Old Testament is pointing us to the New Testament. And here he says to Moses, Moses, I know you have lots of baggage, Moses, but it's been burying you, but I need you to drop it because I'm, I've got a great plan for your life. Moses, I want you to bring it, but you're not gonna be able to bring it because where I need you to go, you need to be light of the burden. You need to not be running around with all the baggage and all the stuff that you got carrying around looking silly, looking foolish. Where I'm taking you, I'm going to use you in a great way. 
You're going to have to let go of your, your baggage. Every man and woman in the scripture that we see use God in a great way, they had to let go of their baggage. They could not allow their baggage to bury them. And we all can relate with this. I can relate with this. Sometimes pa- people walk me, Pastor Russell, what's your problem? Like, we all got one. What is it that you struggle with? We all have a struggle, but we can't let it define us. It can either build you or it can bury you. And Moses decides right here in this moment to lay his baggage down and allow it to, to build him. So he says to him, Moses, look, the cry of the people of Israel have reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians have abused them. Now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, heck no. I'm not going to do that. I, Moses, Moses is like, the Pharaoh's mad at me. I, I'm wanted there. I killed somebody. I, I can't go back there. And God says to him, no, Moses, you, you are going. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is like, I've got too much baggage, God. I've murdered somebody. I'm, li- I, I, I'm adopted. Like my mom, my mom and dad sent me down. Like I should not be there. I should be gone. I have to, I cannot, I cannot do it. And God teaches something to Moses that day that I want to teach you and I today that I think maybe could help somebody in the room today. And it's this, your baggage it doesn't belong to you. The same God of yesterday, today, and the God of the forever, like if you've trusted the gospel, if you've trusted the good news of Jesus, if you've given your life to Christ, your baggage doesn't belong to you. It's not yours no more. Boo, your baggage doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. I mean, so many people when they come up to me and we die and I, we meet with people, we counsel people and we're really just trying to convince them, hey bro, you got baggage, because we all do. Some of you have got fear, shame, guilt, all these things, but your baggage, it doesn't belong to you. Once you've accepted the gospel, everything changes. The baggage gets left behind. I have all these struggles. I've had all these struggles. You've had these struggles. We've had these struggles. Everybody get me with, this encapsulates, this, this encapsulates somebody and everybody in our church that we've all got baggage. But once the gospel comes along, you realize the baggage doesn't belong to you. You're no longer your baggage. Whatever happened to you, whatever you did, that's not you anymore. The Bible says that we're clothed in righteousness. So now on, from now on, people see me and like, oh man, he's been hurt before. Yeah, I, I, that was the old me, it was hurt, but now I'm healed. I'm healed. God healed me. There's a lady in our first service today. She sent me a message. Hey, Pastor West, I've been battling cancer for three years. I'm healed. I used to be hurt. That's the old me. That's bondage, West Beecham. I'm no longer hurt no more. I went from hurt, now I'm healed. I'm so thankful that we serve a God that's healed me. Now I'm not longer hurt, I'm healed. The shame, Pastor West, Pastor West, I'm so shameful. From now on, you're no longer shame. You've met a savior. You're free now, you you have a savior. You used to be identified by your shame, but now I'm identified by my savior. I love when people get tattoos of the cross on their wrists or on their arms. I wish I was tough enough to get a small little baby tattoo right here, but I'm not tough enough. I'm kidding, kind of kidding. I said, why'd you get that cross? I want to be reminded of the Savior. So many of you guys today, you're so, you're so like, I, I'm just, I got so much shame. And God's reminding you to say, hey, you don't longer have shame. You're identified by the Savior. You're a son or daughter of the King who cannot be moved by this world. 
because your God is for you and he's with you and you don't have to be moved any longer. We're so thankful your baggage doesn't belong to you. Oh, well, Pastor West, mine's fear. You know what? I used to be afraid. It was, I, you wanna know, I can tell you about fear. I was afraid to start this church. I was, a, man, I was terrified. We had to raise money to launch this church. I was afraid, but you know, now I was, af- we were afraid to go from one services to two services. We were afraid to go from the high school into this gymnasium. And I'll be honest with you, we're afraid of where we're gonna go. <laughs> it's reality, but I'm not gonna let it afraid. From now on, no longer fear. I'm now defined by my faith. I used to be afraid, but now I'm full of faith. My faith has built up all the situations where God has delivered me from. I now belong to the God of the faith. I got faith inside of me now. I got, I got so much faith inside of me now. I got enough faith for Dave. I got enough faith for the geese bells. I got enough faith for my dad. I got enough faith for this family on the front row that are snowbirds from St. Louis. I got enough faith for all of us. I'm no longer defined by my fear. It's my faith. Plenty of, hey, let's be honest. There's plenty of stuff to be afraid of. I was the guy when, the, when, the, when, the, when COVID hit. I'm like, we will not be afraid. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. But I was afraid. <laughs> I was trying to talk myself into believing what I was saying. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta be the, the best preacher you know needs to be you. I was trying to help myself believe. I used to be free. I used to be afraid. Guilt. That used to be me. But the Bible says that once you're saved, you're no longer guilty. You're now godly. I don't know about you guys, but when I see myself down in the mirror, I'm like, you know, I used to be guilty. I got a lot of sins, but the Christ came down across my sins. He went to that cross. He, was, he had nail-pierced hands, a crown of thorns. For three days, he was gone. On Saturday, he was taking a little nap, a little break. But Sunday, he arose. Easter came. And I'm no longer guilty anymore. I used to be guilty, and I used to be full of guilt, but now I'm full of godliness. I'm so thankful today that I'm full of God. Your baggage does not belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. Diane and I are going on a trip in a few weeks. And it's going to be, it's one of our most budget-conscious trips that we've ever been on. It's, it's like borderline ghetto. It's bad. She goes, hey, babe, we're going, it's a three-day trip. And she says, hey, we, we can't, we're, we're going. It's one of our friend's 40th birthdays. And all of our friends turned 40 this year because we turned 40 this year. So all these trips are expensive. And so we're going. And she goes, hey, um, we can't afford to take bags on this trip. <laughs> like, dang, we poor. So you know you're struggling. She's like, either we can have bags or our kids can have spring break next week. So we're giving our kids spring break. That's what you do when you're a parent. Can't wait to have kids. Wait. <laughs> It'll be fun, they said. It'll be expensive is what they should have said. And, uh, but we've, we've flown all around the world. Africa, Asia. Central America, South America, Manila, Philippines several times. And uh, one of the things about your, about your bags when you go somewhere is you have to come, you have to check them in. But we don't have no check bags. We can't afford check bags in this trip. And um, this trip, no check bags. She's like, if we take a bag, it's going to be expensive. Like nowadays, you can fly for, for cheap. But the ticket, the ticket will be cheap, but the bag's like $1,000. They got us. <laughs> And I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. I'm, 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 I'm flying, so like I really, really don't have a choice. But I, I really, what I like about when you fly is that you could check your bags. And one of the things I like about checking your bags is that you don't have to touch the bags anymore until the end of the flight. 
So we go to Africa, we go to Asia. It's multiple flights, multiple connecting flights. You can drop your bags off at the carousel. These guys have been, these guys are world travelers, but we drop the bags off. And then you, when, you, when you get to the final destination, you come to the carousel and you grab the bag. And then you go and all the supplies that you're gonna donate next week for Africa, they're gonna get on an airplane, they're gonna, they're gonna fly to Africa. And we're gonna have to go to the carousel and pick the baggage. But I feel like God was kind of telling me this today. Hey, some of you guys, are, you're carrying so much baggage, but there's good news for you. It doesn't belong to you, number one. But number two, you can check the baggage in with God and you can leave it at the carousel. You don't have to go back to it no more. You can leave it there. And here's why I know that the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, you can cast all your baggage on God because he cares for you. You can leave the bags at the carousel because God cares for you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the Bible says this. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you guys that have lots of baggage and all you guys who are weary and tired and burdened and baggaged out, you can take your baggage and you can put it on the carousel and you can leave it there. The Bible tells me in Psalm chapter 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to all of us who have baggage and he saves those who have baggage and those who've been crushed by their baggage. Some people come walking in with their little kids. They got baggage all on top of them, looking silly. But the Bible says that all you guys who are crushed by your baggage, God's right there with you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the Bible says, come to me, all of you who are so tired and so wearied of catching up with all the burdens. You can get rest, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart. The Bible says this, and then you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can take your bag and you can stack them up today at the carousel and you can just leave them there and you can drop them off. And the Bible tells me today that you can leave it there. Is there anybody today that wants to leave their baggage on the carousel because he loves you and because he cares for you? And because he gave us son for you, we no longer have to walk around the baggage. We get to walk around the Savior. We get to walk around with faith. We get to walk around the darkness. We get to walk around healing and hope. Because we have the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Let's thank the Lord today for all that he's done in our life today and the hope. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.